Welcome to the Oklahoman's Daily Podcast, exploring the effects of the coronavirus. I'm Dave Morris. On Thursday, the Oklahoma State Health Department received 10,000 kits capable of rendering results for COVID-19. The delivery arrived during a critical window as the number of Oklahomans testing positive for the virus has increased. The latest figures from the agency show there are 248 positive cases in Oklahoma. The number of deaths from the virus stands at seven. Doctors are working to find treatments for COVID, but some health experts believe one drug currently in the market may provide an answer. Hydroxychloroquine was first mentioned during a White House briefing last week. The medication is used to treat a host of illnesses, such as malaria and autoimmune disorders. The Oklahoma's Joe Masada spoke with several patients who are already taking that prescription. They shared their fears over supply and demand. Faith Burdett opened her pill bottle as soon as hydroxychloroquine became the subject of a White House coronavirus press briefing last week. Burdett counted 28 pills, enough to last her two weeks. The 38-year-old from Shawnee knew there might be a nationwide rush on the medication before her next refill. While hydroxychloroquine has been linked as a possible treatment for COVID-19, people with autoimmune diseases like lupus and rheumatoid arthritis have long depended on the drug. Now, even without sufficient evidence that hydroxychloroquine can combat the coronavirus, Burdett and others who need the drug every day are having trouble finding it. Burdett was diagnosed with lupus and rheumatoid arthritis in 2009. She was told her prescription will be refilled Thursday. Others haven't been as lucky. From what I've seen posted on Facebook, there has been a concern about supply not being there, Burdett said. I've also seen people post that they've gone to get their prescription and then not be able to get it because they're out. An estimated 1.5 million people in the U.S. have a form of lupus, according to the Lupus Foundation of America. 90% of lupus patients are women, and lupus is two to three times more prevalent among women of color, according to the foundation. Lupus causes inflammation and pain in any part of the body. It most commonly affects skin, joints, and internal organs. And like other autoimmune diseases, lupus attacks healthy tissue instead of fighting infections. We consider hydroxychloroquine to be a lupus-stabilizing kind of drug, said Dr. Eliza Chakravarti of the OMRF. Angie Rolke is the lead facilitator of lupus support groups in Oklahoma. The Oklahoma City group meets on the first Thursday of every month, a date it won't be able to keep in April as the coronavirus spreads. Rolke has lived with lupus for 22 years. She was on hydroxychloroquine for about 15 years before switching medications. It's not a treatment for us, Rolke said. It's maintenance for us. It's drugs like that which give us the normalcy we crave in our lives. So when people look at the shortage of the medicine, they think not just, what's going to happen to me? Am I going to hurt? Pretty soon they're going to start thinking, I'm going to lose the life that I've regained through this drug. As the new coronavirus continues to spread, those associated with the census are hoping the shortfall of a decade ago is not repeated. Human interaction is limited, with door-to-door counters not being used until at least late May. Luckily, the census is available online, and that means the state can track participation. But as our Jacob Unruh reports, so far the participation numbers are low. I'm sure you've seen the mailers telling you to fill out your census. It's been on Facebook. It's been on Instagram. It's been all over Twitter with various articles. That is that time of the year, the census is back for the first time since 2010. It also has a new addition, online availability to fill it out. It takes five to 10 minutes. It's this great thing. And when you look at Oklahoma's numbers, Oklahoma is again lagging. 10 years ago, Oklahoma's numbers fell short of the count. It costs almost $1.8 billion in funding for the next decade. 
Now, Oklahoma's still 19% behind the national average early, even with the online edition, which is why when I spoke with Chad Billingsley, the vice president of external affairs, the Oklahoma Center for Nonprofits, he emphasized how important this is for the state to start filling out the census and getting it done because the funding, it goes to all kinds of things, including nonprofit organizations, which is something he's heavily involved in. This is a huge, huge thing. And he talked about how they're, they're not going to have the door-to-door aspect it looks like for a little while right now with the spread of the coronavirus. That's a big thing. It helped, it helped people before. It wasn't always the most effective way, but it's worked in the past at times and they need it. So now they're hoping the online push could be more and more effective. There's committee task force in every county in the state right now aiming to push this further and further. The dates have been extended to August 14th. People have plenty of time to go online. They could do it by phone. They could mail it back in their census. They should have already received it in the mail. Um, And they've got time. Assistance will start happening via the phone April 13th as well. It's just a big boost. Um, And as Chad, as, as Billingsley pointed out, as Daniel Billingsley pointed out that if this is the idea is to have a serious response rate early because the last thing they want is census depend on the efforts of numerators who work for the census and door to door. So as you're sitting home right now, social distancing, quarantining, keep keeping safe during this, this wild and crazy time, go online, fill out your census, make it happen. Grocery stores are one of the essential businesses that will remain open for the coming weeks. The supermarkets are working hard to keep the shelves stocked as panicked shoppers race down the aisles. Owners like Ball Long at SuperCalWin are asking shoppers to be patient with the stores, but also courteous to their fellow customers. Um, grocers have limits in place for a reason. It's not to get you to keep coming back. It's not to keep you from getting all that you need. It's just to make sure that there's enough for everybody. There's enough to share for everybody. And, and part of that is that it's hard to get every, uh, all those supplies here at the same time. It just takes a little bit of time. So give the grocers time to, to put all the stuff out, to get all the things, the, the essentials that they need out. Several stores have taken new steps to prevent the spread of the virus to their cashiers. Grocers like Crest, Homeland, and SuperCalWin are installing plexiglass barriers. We're trying to do that to kind of keep people um, as a line of defense for our cashiers. And uh, we actually ordered a more permanent piece uh, that just came in yesterday. I've got a prototype up now, and I've got a few more either coming at the end of the week or you know, next week. Um, but it's a thicker uh, more uh, a beefier version of that sneeze guard. Mm-hmm. And so that keeps a, a barrier between uh, the customer and our cashiers to kind of protect our frontline staff mm-hmm. from uh, all the germs that are out there. And then a uh, final last thing that we've done is that we've uh, added um, uh, uh, little uh, uh, vinyl cutouts to kind of show people that we, uh, to, to social distance themselves, to, add, to show them that this is what six feet looks like. Meanwhile, restaurants are struggling to find a path in this new era. A number of local restaurants started offering carryout, delivery, and even groceries as residents were asked to stay home and dining rooms closed. I spoke with the food dude, Dave Cathy, this morning about the state of the industry. We already were in a position where restaurants had not stopped closing from the beginning of the year. Usually every year at the beginning of the year, you have some closings that last a couple of weeks, maybe through the end of January, but by Valentine's Day, everybody's kind of back up and running. But this year, it blew right through Valentine's Day and all the way through the end of February, there were still restaurants closing. And now you throw this on top of it. So this is just going to speed up the demise of some places that were already out of date or weren't working or something operationally was wrong. And so coming back, it is only going to be the very fit and the very lean that are going to be able to really thrive 
as, as the, let's face it, we're going to be facing sort of a new economy going forward. And so when this is all said and done, the way restaurants operate going forward may be completely changed by, by this disruption. All right, that'll do it for today. Be sure to go online, oklahoman.com slash subscribe to check out our digital products. You can also follow us on various social media channels and sign up for free email newsletters. For The Oklahoman, I'm Dave Morris. Stay safe.